This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can catch it and more wherever you get podcasts and music and follow us on all the social medias at 323READ, 323READ. And you can support the show and help us continue to grow by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 323READ. You can get early and exclusive releases there, merch and more for as little as $2. $2. That is patreon.com slash 323READ. R-E-I-D. It's time for At The Movies with Mr. B. That's right. That loud music, that Mr. B fun music, you know what time it is. A continuation from last week. We had to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy. Joined tonight, this post-Oscars night, by the one and only, the best that you can have for this kind of occasion, Travis Byram returning and back again to dish out her Oscar thoughts, <laughs> the wonderful Olivia Livy Kate. How's it going, hello, Livy? Hello. We missed you. I know. It's, it's been a while. It's been a... Uh... Has it been like a year fully? I think it's been a <laughs> full, last one? Yeah, like a Too full, long, like, too long. Full, no, I know. A full um, slap across the been, Earth calendar. Well, yeah. It's been a full slap across the, uh, oh. the Will Smith <laughs> rotational. That's how Oscar years are measured. One slap. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, that's how I was doing. I think I heard before it. I don't know. I'm, well, I'm finishing up. My last semester, um, been working on some some film stuff, um, music as well. So I think of what I said last year, actually, but just doing more of it, doing a lot more behind the scenes, and it's driving me insane. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. Like, no other place I would rather be, so I'm happy to be stressed over something that I like to do. So Sure. That's wonderful. But, uh, yeah, I mean, can't, can't complain. Yes, great to hear. And so we're glad to have you here and we'll, you know, happily drive you even more insane. For, uh, this <laughs> well, I will show. say I did uh, listen to you guys episode that uh, came out a month ago about the nominations. And I had a question like, for you guys, but I don't know like when to ask it. Let's start. So it should now. I just, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> so you guys spoke about the menu and I'm curious to know like, why you guys thought it needed to be nominated or like what you guys loved about it because i did see it and i mean i love the performances but i guess i want to know like your take on why it should be should have been nominated because triangle triangle of sadness had the same kind of concept too so yeah and i'm yeah i'm i mean i'll give my quick thoughts i'm curious to hear travis's because i i know you've seen triangle of sadness i haven't seen it yet so i'd like to know what i'd like to know what the difference is that got triangle of sadness nominated over the menu but for me it's just i like i like the kind of dark humor very dark humor that uh the menu catered to especially with that particular kind of clientele the performances i thought it just told like a really good story i would have liked to have seen it nominated for best picture but a triangle of sadness is on the same kind of plateau i could you know i don't mind either of them getting nominated but i'd like to know what travis thinks yeah, you're definitely right, uh, Olivia. Very, very similar. Rich people get their comeuppance movies. I do love watching rich people suffer. That is my favorite <laughs> subgenre of film. 
Triangle of Sadness. Uh, I really like the movie, so I don't want to slight it. I feel like Triangle of Sadness is the more pretentious version of the menu. I feel like the menu is just a really pulpy, violent, fun time. Uh, I, the way I saw it, too, might have affected my opinion. I saw it completely alone, probably two months, maybe a month or so after it was released. So I was like screaming and yelling at the movie. I was so excited. I loved the twists. I loved how it got right to it. Triangle of Sadness. It's in three acts, and you got to wait till the third act for everything to really go down. Uh, I thought it was hysterical. I thought it. I, I, I was just cackling. So yeah, it was my number two movie of last year. I really wish it could have snuck in with um, best original screenplay, but Triangle of Sadness also won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film <laughs> Festival. Uh, so that lent some prestige to it too. Um, even though it has a, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but Ooh. there are my reasons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness, but what I saw from the previews is the coloring is a bit different. So maybe, maybe that helped get it nominated over the menu because the look of the menu kind of looked very like present day versus the other yeah. ones probably like back in the day. So maybe it's like, well, like the I guess I don't know, like shining light on a film that is about like a tough subject, but they make it like, oh, it's back in the day, it's not actually happening today. Whereas the menu is like, oh, this is actually still happening. So yeah, check out Triangle of Sadness. Uh and yeah, let me know what you let me Did know it make you sad? Did it make you a triangle? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, made, it made me very happy. I like like I, I said. Rich people. That's right, yeah. <laughs> people suffering. <laughs> and, and oatmeal. Right? Oatmeal Sorry? in the morning. You said oatmeal? Oatmeal? He's like oatmeal in the morning. So, yeah. <laughs> Watch and rich people suffer and oatmeal. Okay. No, because you said you like oatmeal all the time. Sure. Read what we got going on. <laughs> I was I was ready to just let that keep going. I wanted to know more about no. oatmeal. Is oat while you're here, since we're talking about oatmeal, <laughs> and this is the show that dives off topic very fast. Is oatmeal a soup or a cereal? <laughs> I've had this debate at work before. We're asking the real questions. This is a real question because we had it was a fierce debate in the break room one time as to whether or not oatmeal is a soup or a cereal because it's a hot, it's a hot liquid or a hot mush just like many like chowders and such. But for many people, they use milk to, you know, do these oats and all. You just warm it up. So I don't know if it's just warm cereal or a soup. These are the thoughts to keep Tell you awake, us. people. Um, you know, I was watching uh, like a YouTube top five thing um, and they were ranking their top five cereals and one guy ranked oatmeal as number one. I would definitely... If 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 that's the binary, I would go with a cereal. I would feel strange about eating a soup for breakfast. I don't know if I could live with myself. I mean, we're adults; <laughs> we can do whatever we want. I ate Chinese for breakfast the other day. Oh, damn! I love that. Right? Read off the deep end. I know. I have gone off the deep end. I've lost my ever-loving shit. But <laughs> I'm here with you guys. It's what it's what it's it's stuff that happens late at night. And this is a late night show. This is our you know this is our Jimmy Kimmel live. 
of sorts. We're doing Ooh. this reaction show. We're doing an Oscars reaction show on Monday night that'll release on Tuesday, all because the Oscars just ended 20 minutes ago. That's how long these uh these shows go. We just got it done here on Monday night. Now, I have Travis Byram here. I have Olivia Kate, but we also have a special guest who is joining us in spirit and also pre-recorded thoughts. Luis Martinez of Mi Gente Show and Fireside Chats with Big Chief Burrito. He could not be here tonight. He is busy uh, working at the San Diego Latino Film Festival, and that is going really awesome. Go check out his stuff, 2amburrito.com. He's got some awesome, awesome content going between him and Sophia. Uh, but we're going to kick off our Oscar thoughts by getting Luis's thoughts here right now. What's up, the 323? It's Luis Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito. I'm sorry I couldn't be on the show today, but I wanted to give you guys my Oscar thoughts. Uh, first thing that jumped out at me is obviously, you know, Cocaine Bear. I love the oh, Cocaine yes, Bear segments. I was hoping that they would reveal that Matt Damon was in the bear suit, but that didn't happen. Um, but I thought that was that brought a lot of cool stuff to the show. Um, I love that a lot of the movies that won were not IPs. Um, they weren't remakes. They were completely original stories. So I'm really hoping that that pushes Hollywood to start making more of those. So let's jump on that trend to am burrito. Um, Travolta tearing up a little bit when he was talking about Olivia Newton-John with the Lenny Kravitz uh, thing was kind of sweet. Uh, and of course, what everybody's talking about or the thing that hit me was because uh, I was at the festival all day. I didn't even get to watch the Oscars live. I just fast forwarded through them when I got home. But Angela Bassett was big mad um, when Jamie Lee Curtis won. And I think she has a right to because typically, like you saw for Best Supporting Actor for the Banshees of Inishirin, when there's two actors from the same movie and there were two actors from Everything Everywhere All at Once for Best Supporting Actress, usually those two actors from the same movie take votes away from each other. So for that reason, I thought that she was a shoe-in to win that award. And the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis's 30 years got voted over her incredible career, that was like the Oscars trying to give back, but they could only choose one of them, and they gave it to Jamie Lee. And I mean, I'm all for it because that was the first time I saw a nice pair of boobs when she took her top off in trading places like in 1984. So she deserves it just for that. But that being said, Angela was big mad. <clears throat> and I don't like people giving her shit for her. I think she should deserve it. I completely forgot that Jamie Lee Curtis was in trading places. What a career. I saw people yeah. tweeting out Nepo Baby and all this stuff last night. I'm happy. I'm happy for Jamie Lee Curtis. It's a it's a crazy way to come from, you know, Freaky Friday and Activia commercials. Now you're winning an Oscar almost 20 years later. It's wild. It's wonderful. Uh, but she did steal from the queen, from Angela Bassett. There's a lot of things to get to here, and I want to explore them all. But uh, first off, I just want to start with you guys' biggest takeaways from the show itself, from the Oscars as they were presented on television. We got all the categories back this year after, you know, many, many complaints last year of taking out, you know, a lot of the more technical awards. We got to get them all in this year. And you know what? The show ended the same time as it did last year. 
as long <laughs> somehow they removed all those categories right. last year and the show still went long this year it ended at around 11:30 the prime time for it and i was happy to see them all back i think that they played people off as well as they as well as they should i <laughs> they have the backstage uh teleprompter they have the pack, backstage camera that you can watch and stream where the you know people go back and they give more thoughts and more thanks and all but uh yeah we got to keep the show moving i was kind of hoping the dancers would actually stay and dance people off when they went a little bit too long but that wasn't uh happening um i thought jimmy kimmel did pretty well as a host uh i think i think he's the perfect kind of host you just mc do your whole you know give a couple jokes here and there don't try to do anything too fancy we don't need a bunch of skits let's get to the awards he did that brought out a donkey that went full investigative journalism as people as the i think it was the new york times immediately discovered it was like that's not the donkey from the movie that's a donkey from down the street and that was a whole thing (laughs) a lot of lovable moments it was a very heartwarming show in my opinion but i want to get to you guys thoughts livy we've had you out a year we brought you back out for these awards your thoughts how did the show go for you how did everything go in your opinion I mean, I agree with, with like everything that you say um, about um, like Jimmy Kimmel. I think that it was it was all right. Like, I mean, I wasn't really mad about it. I think that it was enough jokes, and it was like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess he did have some jokes about the slap, and I mean, I was thinking that. I was wondering who didn't come to the Oscars that was there last year. And maybe some people didn't come this year because of what happened last year. Like maybe in the sense of like, um, people might think, well, if they removed like Will Smith from coming, maybe they wouldn't show up, you know, like I, cause I didn't see Tyler Perry there where he like was there like comforting him last year. True. So, yeah. So I, I don't know. I made them think too deep about that, but um as for the uh winners i was really happy with all of them i mean i think Jimmy curtis i mean obviously i think it should have went to angela bassett but i think i don't know i feel like because everything ever all at once was such a great film and that it probably blew everybody away and they probably just wanted to i don't know maybe just they wanted to really reward that film and so but i really think that stephanie had a better performance than her in that film particularly so um but yeah i would say like austin butler i think his performance was very very good and it's really hard to pull off especially playing a whole other person that actually was a like here and alive and all that and was you know a musician and like was as popular as elvis so i could have seen him winning but I'm I'm glad that um, Brendan Fraser got it. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really mad. Like I don't know. I'm not really mad at anything that really happened. Um, I hope that Scientology doesn't come after Jimmy Kimmel for his jokes. But you know, <laughs> that's on that's on him. But um, yeah, I don't. I mean, also that was interesting that only everything ever all at once and. Um, all quiet in the Western Front got majority of the awards. Like I, I would think that 
they would have mixed up mixed it up a, a little bit but i don't know i just i haven't seen um all quiet so i can't say much about the film but oh that was it was a decent watch it wasn't really too boring or it was just it was like just right it was a nice like eat some popcorn watch and cuddle with my dog like it was so that was my takeaway that's a good night i'm there are two things that you brought up that i'm glad that you brought up here one was the scientology joke and you pointed that out to me and i hadn't even thought about that because i noticed tom cruise wasn't on the champagne carpet no red carpet this year it's a champagne carpet but i noticed i didn't see tom cruise anywhere and you pointed out after the joke was made by kimmel that scientology monitors these things or the church will monitor these types of things and so knowing that you know there's jokes coming that way hey don't go to this everything protests this thing plus top gun yeah it wasn't going to win it's interesting because he was also on his show but from leah like leah remy talks about scientology a lot and she was saying that like it's kind of a show that he has to do and but behind closed doors like he really isn't like as the nicest person um but it's interesting that he quote unquote like saved hollywood i mean i had mixed feelings about him generally just because of Scientology, but I didn't see Top Gun either, so I can't say much about the film. But from what I saw, I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, just I I don't know if they would go after me, Kimmel, just because he is a public figure. So well, I don't know. We'll see. But um, he did. He definitely, you know, took a big risk there, saying those jokes. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, oh, another thing. I was surprised that Sadie Sink wasn't nominated. I kind of want for the for the whale. Um, I know like they've given nominations like younger performers before, and so I'm surprised that she didn't get like a nomination. Uh, I feel like she will one day though. I really think she's like on the path. Like she is on the path to getting nominations. So is Zendaya. I feel like Tom Holland's probably on, on that, um, or even Sydney Sweet Sweetie. Sweeney? Sweeney? Uh, Sydney Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sweeney um, as well. So um, I don't have anything else that I had to add. But yeah, basically, my, yeah, I just, I, I was like, oh no, when he said that, <laughs> he made those jokes. But I mean, we'll just see what happens. If, if they come after him, I'm sure Kimmel will be the first person to uh, make jokes about it going on there. Exactly. The joke, the, the joke oh, in yeah. question. Uh, for those who may not have, who may have missed it or didn't watch, was talking about you know how good Tom Cruise looks and said L. Ron Hubba Hubba, which I think <laughs> was a very good, a very good Scientology joke, and one that yeah. I think Tom Cruise would have chuckled at. So it's probably good that he wasn't there because you have to. That's a good, that's a good joke. The other point that you brought up yeah. was um, Austin Butler's performance, which again, I'm 27 minutes into Elvis. <laughs> I watched an extra minute yesterday before the show, but ended up watching more Top Gun Maverick again. But <laughs> Austin Butler, I will, I will give you that point. Um, to portray not only a famous musician and one that is that iconic and that famous, that's one thing when it comes to, you know, Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, Taron Egerton as uh, Elton John, but to play like the, the, performer that is that has more celebrity impressions and more impressions in general you find uh, elvis impersonators all over the place all over vegas everybody can do an elvis 
for him to do it and pull it off so convincingly and realistically, that is a huge credit and a huge uh, testimony to him. That was a great, a huge packed race, Travis. That was one that we talked about a lot going into this was best actor. Butler versus Farrell versus um, uh, Brendan Fraser, who won the uh, award ultimately. And even Paul Mescal, who I've seen more clips of him from After Sun, looked fantastic in it. Bill Nye looked fantastic in that clip from Living. Um, So we went over all these nominations last week, Travis. Best picture, ultimately, it went to everything, everywhere, all at once. We'll give that give that the fanfare came out with seven awards in total uh almost sweep a huge sweep actually of getting picture director original screenplay actress supporting actor supporting actress and i believe it was it was something else uh, editing got film editing also and it's also one of the few films in oscars history to win three acting awards joining streetcar named desire and Network as the only other two films to win three acting awards. And Streetcar Named Desire. Streetcar Named Desire, funny enough, the only acting award it didn't win was Marlon Brando for lead actor. Which just <laughs> we just insane. Absolutely insane. That's the that's a wild thing. So we had that, um, like Livy said, all quiet on the Western Front looked like it was on the verge of like some type of wild sweep. Like it was coming. I got scared. It was coming through. And then Rihanna lost best original song. Rihanna, Lady Gaga, um, David Byrne, Diane Warren, major pop stars. They lost to the fantastic uh, Tollywood song of Natu Natu (laughs) from RRR. I learned that it's Tollywood, not Bollywood. So apologies for that last week. There's a difference there with Tollywood films coming from South India and that is where RRR came from. And yeah, there were just a lot. Top Gun did win an Oscar. It won, it avenged the first Top Gun's loss of best sound at the 19, I think, 86 Oscars, which a lot of people thought was an upset. But then when you look back at it, it was Platoon that won best uh, sound editing and Aliens that won sound mixing. So that's just kind of stacked. Um, Yeah, we had great awards. A lot of feel good moments travis what were your thoughts on the show as a whole yeah man pretty rock solid you know um since they uh well last year it was (laughs) so much is a blur from last year last year it was the three hosts i can't remember a single joke they told i it was it's all the the will smith stuff has clouded everything um but i like to return to jimmy kimmel uh, except for one notable exception, I thought he did a really good job. Um, there was the Malala bit. Oh. I wanted to crawl into a hole and die. Um, don't ask her stupid fucking questions. <laughs> she, yeah, she she had no. She didn't know who he was talking about. She didn't want to answer a question about fighting. It was. Oh <laughs> my. God, and this was I, did, I, I, I had to. This was Chris Pine and Harry Styles. I, I actually cringed. I actually cringed, and I shut my eyes, and I was like, "Oh God!" And then the cocaine bear came after her. <laughs> let's stop. Let's stop bothering, stop Malala, bear. please. She's been through enough. Uh, otherwise, no. Uh, not 
you know, not a lot of crazy banter. I know, like, uh, at the read, <laughs> did you see at one of the, I think it was, oh, maybe it was Critics' Choice, uh, Hassan Minaj came up to Kate Blanchett, and she she did not want to answer it so bad, she crawled underneath the table. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do. I like, think I do like. Those I think it was, people in the moments, but it's like the because it makes it yeah, I, for everybody. Which yeah, I think it was like let's make let's make a YouTube thumbnail for this award show, and she was just not having it. And that's how I feel like I would feel if I was in there. Hey, so. uh, this that, is a patriarchal meat race. Like, what? <laughs> okay, that's my Kate Blanchett, Olivia. That's my Kate Blanchett impression. <laughs> love uh, love that. But uh. Yeah, I was actually really happy with it, man. I felt like it it, it moved along pretty well, and I like I really liked at the end they didn't try to drag it out. Boom, actress. Boom, actor. Boom, picture. So yeah, I thought it went along with a pretty good pace. Not too many cringe worthy moments. Uh, yeah, and I, I was obviously very happy with the results and the everything everywhere domination. So I cried. I pleased. I cried so much. Oh, oh. <laughs> I cried when Key won. This whole entire speech, I was like, <sighs> saw him. I so, loved him so much. You, and you, Michelle Yeoh, too. Did you all so see Key? So did you all see Key run immediately? There was like uh, some, I think some reporter had their phone. They were caught footage of like Key as soon as Best Picture was announced. He was trying to get everybody on stage and he got up there first and he immediately ran to Harrison Ford and the two of them just yeah. out over each other. <sighs> They're so was, sweet. Yeah, that was so touching. That was so touching. That was a touching moment. John Travolta introducing In Memoriam was, it was heartbreaking. Oh. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Lenny yeah. Gave, a great to performance. You. gave a great performance there. Um, yes. Yeah. And I very, I really liked the ending as Kimmel's walking out, flipping the little card saying one Oscars. How many Oscars since the last incident? Just one. We made it through one. <laughs> And he really, I appreciated him holding everybody's feet to the fire during the monologue of saying, just do what you did last year. If something like this happens again, do what you did last year. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's <laughs> joke of the night, in my opinion. <laughs> it's still wild. It's wild to think about that a year later. And so the fact that a year later, I think more people, because a lot of people in comment sections were getting surprised remembering that Will Smith won Best Actor last year, that he even took home the Oscar. When you fuck up enough that people forget what you were actually there for and the big achievement that you had, that's insane. Insane. So I think they did as well as you can, as well yes. as you can to come back from that and no incidents, yeah. no way to embarrass yourself. It was a really good show. Mm -hmm. You know who I miss? I miss Ricky. Is it Gert Grab Gravis? Ricky oh, Gervais. Gervais. Yeah, yeah, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah. I miss him. He'd be a great. I mean, he was in, He would. He would bring everybody down to their knees with his jokes. Because <laughs> I know I've watched his like open monologues. I think for the Golden Globes, he was like three times. Amazing. Uh, I would have loved yeah, for to, to get, get Ricky him for the Oscars. Oh, they, <laughs> they never would have allowed it. <laughs> Well, that is pretty much all there is on the Oscars talk from this year. And that's good, ladies and gentlemen, because we're not only here for, you know, thoughts from this year's Oscars, because this can turn to an epic top five. 
a top five that we thought we've done hard ones before. This one, though, my goodness, I have tasked Travis Byram, Olivia Kate, and Luis <laughs> Martinez with an intense top five. It's the top five Oscar-winning performances ever. That's from best actor, from lead actress, supporting actor and actress. Any of them, if they won, what are the top five? So, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Oh, shit. Here we go again. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is the 323's top five, top five Oscar-winning performances ever. I can relate this one to this year's show because I have an honorable mention from this year's Oscars, and I I can't even make it too much recency bias, but it's an honorable mention. We'll get to it there. Uh, Before we even put these out there, Livy, Travis, how hard was this list for you guys? Uh, on my end, extremely difficult. <laughs> I was hoping you'd narrow it down a little bit, uh, but going broad, going going balls to the wall, all four categories, uh, this took me like two hours. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> it's very hard. I, I just thought about who I remembered winning and going from there instead of like thinking about, I guess, all the way back from the 1920s when it like, started. So I just kind of picked who I remembered. I was like, oh, I saw that movie. They they like, deserved it. So that's like how I determined that's, mine. That's the route I went to. My first, my top three were pretty easy. Were pretty easy and I got them down immediately. From there, I ended up going down the entire history of all four categories to see who won. I was like, okay, all right, let me make sure that this person actually won some of them didn't and that that will lead to our top five the next time we'll try to get us all back together soon because i haven't have what i think might be even harder of top five oscar nominated performances that didn't win that's oh god that's a wide range of of pain and misery but we're gonna start here at number five i'm gonna have luis go first We'll play his, and then um, then we'll go me, Livy, and Travis, and we'll just keep going that route. So, Luis, kick us off here at number five. Special shout out here, not uh, mention honorable mention to Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro for winning an Oscar for playing the same person, uh, Don Corleone, in Godfather One and Godfather Two, but. I'm ranking my top five Oscar performances. Number five, Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club. He was more than all right, all right, all right. He was excellent, lost a shitload of weight. Um, Powerful, incredible performance. That's got to be a top five performance for me. Okay. I I can get down with that one. I'm, wow! I'm, yeah, dedicated, dedicated yeah. performance. It was the beginning of the reconnaissance, as oh, uh, yeah. as uh, we got to calling it. I'm very curious with these top fives to see how many of these we end up sharing, and I have a feeling that like five and four 
will be very varied amongst all of us. But once we start getting into the top three, I really want to see who, who we're all sharing. Um, yep. So that was Luis's. So my number five. So I will just go through these honorable mentions really fast because it got really hard here at number five for me. So just some of the people that didn't make it in. From this year, Kei Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once was so memorable, so fun to me that it immediately, it just like, it burned in. It was like almost as soon as he came on screen, I wrecked, like I could see, I was like, oh, this dude needs to win. So like he's an honorable mention. Recency bias keeps him from out. Recency bias keeps Troy Kotzer from Coda out for me i'm not quite sure if i can get him in there yet but other people that were just hinging on here francis mcdormand and fargo kathy bates and misery jessica chastain from eyes of tammy Faye, uh roberto bonini from life is beautiful was so, was so close Allison and janney and i tanya harold russell from the best years of our lives of old, oh yeah old, yeah lou gossett jr and a few good men joe pesci and goodfellas Christoph Waltz and Inglorious Bastards, Mahershala Ali and Moonlight. None of these people made my top five and one that I really wanted Travis to hear because it got close, but just wound up on these honorable mentions. Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers <coughs> Club. Read, don't know. Oh my I, God. <laughs> I will give and I will, <laughs> I will defend it only to this point. I understand how hammy Leto gets in a lot of in a lot of things, and especially in that performance. But there's one scene in that movie where his character is sitting on the beds near the end, and near the end for that character where Leto just keeps he's crying out, "I'm not. I don't want to die. I'm not ready." Like the whole facade goes away. And it becomes just so pitiful, and that just stuck with me. And I, that performance, that part of the performance always stuck with me. So I really like that, but not enough to put it at number five. Uh, can I just butt in real quick? I want to congratulate Jared Leto for winning <laughs> Worst Actor for Morbius over the weekend. Very deserved. I hope you stick it right up your ass. You know, I I actually didn't think Morbius was like the worst movie ever. <laughs> I I, uh, I actually liked it. I liked it better than um, Suicide Squad too. Whoa! What? Hot takes with Olivia King. Oh my God, that's yeah, one of my favorite superhero mean, movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, second Suicide Squad. Oh my God. Yeah. Huh. Well, wow. we'll have to dive into this at another point. <laughs> but let's get through this top five here. Number five for me, it's a tie. I just couldn't decide because. Number wow. five is tied with a little bit of recency bias for Daniel Kaluuya and Judas and the Black Messiah. One best supporting actor two years ago now. Yeah, two years ago now. I I feel like it might just be too recent, and that's why it's sticking to me. But I will never forget that church scene where he is giving his speech to the crowd, and it just had me almost chanting with him. In that scene, it was captivating. It's also tied there at number five with Jennifer Lawrence in Silver Linings Playbook. She won lead actress for that role. I thought she was captivating. I thought that she got the uh, the disorder down incredibly well, and it was char it was a charming performance at that too. Blend of humor, drama, pity, everything. So that's my number five. Olivia, your number five. Um, I uh, put down Monique for Precious. I 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would say Precious was one of those movies that made me feel something. And I think if I don't walk out of a theater not feeling something, then the movie just wasn't, it's not quite as good to me. But I felt like her performance and just the, that film in general uh, was very, very well written and performed. So I would, I mean, when I think of like my top five movies, I think of Precious. And so that's why she's like my, my top five. Good addition. Good addition. Travis, you're number five. Great, great pick, Olivia. Uh, that man. And Monique was what made it crazier, Reed. Remember Monique? Like, what was she in? Soul Plane? Yeah, Soul Plane. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> lot, yeah, a lot of comedies. And just seeing her do that 180. She, I mean, there was that year, no one else was even touching her for winning. Yeah. Uh, to explain my list real quick, I, I felt so bad. I just didn't want to go with you know, uh, concentrate with best actor, concentrate best supporting actor. So uh, there is going to be four representatives of each category. Leading actor, supporting actor, supporting actress, supporting actor. So they each really bent the rules. Wow. They, <laughs> they <laughs> both of you bent the rules. <laughs> Since we top five Oscar. Crash those rules. <laughs> Uh, and then one, of course, I had to make an exception. So number five, I have Jane Darwell from The Grapes of Wrath. Okay. Grapes okay. of Wrath, absolutely classic movie. Took me a while to really appreciate it. Um, I still got the book on my shelf back there. I, was, I still need to read the book. Uh, but she was, I think she was the first Best Supporting Actress winner or the second. And she just plays the perfect matriarch. Uh, she was so um, just the linchpin of the group. Uh, of course, Henry Fonda, if he would have won, he would have made it on there. That's one of my favorite performances of all time from him is Tom Joad. Uh, I just, uh, she's an absolutely commanding presence. Uh, and I just loved her. So, yeah, number five. Good one there. I like that pick. I feel like yours is going to be like that big cinephile list of our group. I'm waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting for like I I, I want to see like a like a somebody's win from like 1929 on Travis's list here. <laughs> All right, Luis's number four is uh, number four. Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. What's the most you've ever lost on a coin toss? Um. <laughs> Man, they study his performance as like the most real portrayal of a sociopath in movies. So that's number four for me. That's a damn good Javier Bardem impression that he did. That was, I mean, that was fantastic. That was scary. <laughs> <laughs> I can get down with that one. That might, that might spoil a little bit of mine uh, later on, but I think that's a good pick. That's a strong, that's Great a strong, pick. strong number four. Number four for me is Jamie Foxx and Ray. Yeah, man. One lead actor for film. playing. Yeah, he played Ray Charles. I I think personally it's the best uh biopic performance of all time. Like he just completely disappeared into Ray Charles, even got and the fact that he sang it too and sang the performance, which is impressive to me on Austin Butler's part too and Elvis, that he sounded exactly like Ray Charles to the point that you then do a feature 
on Kanye West's biggest song ever in Gold Digger as Ray Charles. Yeah. That's that's remarkable. So that's my number four. Livy, your number four. Um, I put um Eddie Redman. In the authority of everything. That was good. Yeah. Transformative. Stephen Hawking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think he did an amazing job. Good pick. Good pick. Travis, number four. Number four, Reed, you mentioned it earlier. There was an unparalleled time in Best Supporting Actor when three of the greatest villains of all time won back to back to back. Javier Bardem, No Country for Old Men, Heath Ledger for The Dark Knight, which I didn't do honorable mentions. Heath Ledger definitely would be an honorable mention. My number pick. My number pick. My number four pick. Christoph Voltz and Glorious Bastards. Great villainous performance. I watched this at a formative time in my life. I still need to see. I've just watched it the one time in 2010. I was so I was super fresh to movies. He's like trilingual in the movie, I think. It's like English, French, German. Um, just one of the most charismatic performances I've ever seen. You really, you get you get this close to liking a Nazi. He's so good. Uh, but it's also the end scene, not to spoil it for anyone, very therapeutic, uh, very cathartic. So yeah, he's just, uh, he just ran away with the whole movie. I forget that Brad Pitt even starred in it. It's Christoph Waltz's movie. It is a supporting performance, but uh, he just ran away with the whole thing. It's one of those performances where I feel like he won the Oscar in the opening scene. Just the interrogation oh. scene in France could have won him that. Yeah, that was enough. He could have never appeared after that. That was enough. All right. We're going down to number three. Number three, Luis. Number three, Meryl Streep in Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, this movie about divorce from the, from the, I think it's late seventies or early eighties, um, was the first time I was at a theater seeing a movie and I saw my dad cry, uh, just because I was a child of divorce. It was an incredibly powerful movie. And, um, at that performance, uh, from her, um, as well as, uh, the re the rest of that cast and the kid was, was incredible. So Meryl Streep, Kramer versus Kramer. That's a good one. Great pick. A lot of Meryl Streeps to pick from. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna dive into my Meryl Streep take that got me into trouble before. I won't do that again. So Reed's got the the spiciest Meryl Streep take, <laughs> which is not here today. We'll jump in, but you know what? My number three is somebody that would do this as an our arbitrator of chaos, Heath Ledger as the Joker in The Dark Knight. <laughs> That's my number three. Sure. I think it's I think it's one of the best villain performances all of all time. One of the best villain performances of all time. Uh, I think the greatest portrayal of the Joker, and even though it's going up against you know Jack Nicholson from '89, which is a completely different version, but this sociopathic, psychopathic mobster of gotham to be able to turn a character like that into such a realistic terror i think was an incredible job on heath ledger in one of his final performances and one that will never be forgotten and that that is a that is one that's battled a lot about whether or not he would have won had he not had it not been a posthumous award i still think it would have taken it 
I still I still don't think it would have been a question. I agree. I think if I think if they couldn't, you know, uh, like with Chadwick, <clears throat> you know, I, I think they, I think they should have given it to Chadwick. But uh, yeah, I, I think he, I hope at least he would have swept. Hundred percent, Livy, you're number three. So funny you bring up the Joker because uh, I put down Joaquin Phoenix, the Joker. Yeah. Um. You know, I haven't seen a lot of these films you're the, you guys are talking about, so I feel so I feel like uneducated. But oh, no, <laughs> um, these are your I picks. don't like. I know, but I don't have like as detailed reasons. I just you know, I, like I said earlier, it's more or less like oh, like what I really walked away like feeling something. So, um, but I don't. I wish I saw these films you guys are talking about. It sounds so good, but um, yeah, I felt like. Joaquin kind of sold it. Um, I believed that he was insane, that he had emotions, and you could tell he was battling through it. Like not only like with his facial expressions that he kind of had, I guess. Like because Joker doesn't really have. Oh, Joker does have. Yeah, facial expressions. Yeah. Um, and then like his movement and stuff like that. So yeah, I I was pretty sold in the performance, and I was really happy that he won when he did win. So. I'll yeah, be, I'll be very curious to see if Joaquin Phoenix does it again when they do the uh, when the sequel releases. They have a Joker sequel that I always thought yeah. would have been a bad idea, but this one might turn out well. Him and Har- him and uh, Margot or not Margot Robbie, Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. That's be interesting. Yeah. I'm excited for it's it. A semi musical yeah. sequel, so that's that's very exciting to see how that goes. Livy, I like your picks. I like it. You, 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 yes. say, you say uneducated. That is what They're you're your doing. Everybody that's listening will relate to you the most. Everything. Me and Travis, <laughs> me and Travis are addicts with a problem. <laughs> okay, fine. You, you guys are the problem. Like Killer Swift, you know. But no. Crap, never mind. Exactly. I'm call. It's, it's a problem. It's me. Uh, no, all right. Well, I had yeah, a lot of time okay. in high school, Olivia. I had a lot of time in high school to kill. I threw out Harold Russell. <laughs> what do you mean? You guys had all those um, uh, articles to write. <laughs> That's right. You had to. Um, I actually went back on Google Docs because I was like, deleting things, and I saw you actually like edited one of my stories. For Avo- yeah, Avo- I was like, oh, yeah. That's you crazy. Too busy, the- uh, yeah, too busy for editing the- that. So. For the folks at home, we were all in journalism class together in high school. All three of us. That's right. Shout out yeah. Sue Gill. We Shout love, out Gill. We love, love you, Gil. Gil. <laughs> He's a real one. Travis, number three. Number three. I think the best, best actress winner of all time. Vivian Leigh. Lee, 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 Lee. I, I, I battled this so long. Vivian Leigh. I think, <laughs> I think it's Lee. Sound drunk, Vivian Lee in a streetcar named Please, <laughs> reads like play the music. Cut him off. I had my finger. Uh, I no, had my it's finger uh, on the for so long. It was my finger was just sitting on the F, just waiting for it to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, Gone with the Wind. I I couldn't, in good faith, put Gone with the Wind in any greatest list. I have too many. Too many bones to pick with that movie. Um, I think she is fantastic in both, but in Streetcar Named Desire, um, Blanche Dubois is 
probably the greatest character ever written. And Vivian Lee, I think she did like 20 movies. Like, and is a screen goddess. Uh, every emotion possible, you can think, on her face in this film. Uh, her interactions are so full of subtext, she does nothing without having an underlying motivation for her own self-gain. Uh, and just one of the saddest endings, uh, really, to any to any Oscar-winning film. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it broke my heart, her performance, and it's worth all of the hype. And if Marlon Brando would have won, he changed acting with that performance, he would have easily been number one. Insane, as we mentioned, that he did not win. That's right. Good pick. Good, solid pick. Yeah, I always forget that Vivian Lee was only in like 20, 20 movies, but just delivered yeah. hellacious performances all the time. Banger after banger. Luis, give us number two. And not because I've always been a fan, but my number two is Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Um, I saw Natalie Portman perform and the diary of Anne Frank, like in New York, in like 1998, I want to say. And she was incredible. She was incredible in The Professional as a kid. And she's been great in everything, even though they didn't give her shit to do in a Star Wars movie, except look concerned and sad. Um, but this movie, um, and our, obviously Aronofsky's a beast, um, but the level of devotion she did, I guess I'm giving a lot of props to people that had to put in a lot of work. Um, so yeah, Natalie Portman, Black Swan's number two for me. Gotta love Natalie Portman. She I, that was almost that was one I forgot for my honorable mentions. Love that performance from her. I don't remember what there was a controversy as to whether or not she did the dancing in that movie, and I can't. Yeah. Did she do it or not? It didn't really matter. I mean, her performance is still fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah know. yeah there was some controversy there always has to be controversy surrounding something there's no controversy surrounding this pick unless you go to the sequel novel which we like to pretend didn't happen number two for me is gregory peck in to kill a mockingbird yes read one lead actor for that i remember i did not want to watch or read to kill a mockingbird and i think it was freshman year or sophomore year english class i didn't have any interest in it i was like oh this is gonna be stupid we watched the movie and his performance as atticus finch i think is one of the best one of the best portrayals of a protagonist ever in a movie like it, it he is just he completely locks me in i'm rooting so hard for this guy who's just an honest man has flaws but still fighting through and trying to do the right thing and teaches kids to do the right thing and that is something to admire and go after you just forget that the sequel happened that harper lee ever put that sequel out push it away completely destroys the character of atticus finch just stay with gregory peck in the film and i hope they never remake it because that's a performance i never want to see somebody else try to tackle love that one that's my number two livy your number two great one um uh jennifer hudson for dream girls I, I, on, yeah honestly i think she's just like um probably the most talented individuals in the industry i know she's an american idol but i mean she won american idol so <laughs> in like, our hearts actually, she won american yeah 
Yeah, and I mean, she's just um, like a triple threat as well. I just really like her. So, I mean, I think that also like influenced my decision making. But um, yeah, I think she did sell her to performance in Dreamgirls. So, yeah. I, I can't remember who originated that role in the first place, but for her to mm. blow that performance out of the water like she did that was very impressive and like you did shout out to her because she didn't she didn't she didn't get to win american idol she was one of those shock eliminations and what do you do simon cowell said that she wouldn't you know go anywhere boom win an oscar (laughs) now she has her own um talk show oh yeah and he came on for her first episode too hey (laughs) love that (laughs) travis you're number two Man, just thinking about um, some great musical performances. Man, that I was thinking that might be because Ray isn't really a musical, right? Reed, it's like it's it's musical adjacent. Yeah, he music, sings, but it's not yeah. it's not like a, a musical number. It's musical enough that they can you know throw it in the Globes in the musical category. Yeah, like Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins. Ariana DeBose and Rita Moreno, Great and West Side Story. But yeah, Jennifer Hudson may be the best musical winning performance. Yeah. Um, number two, I have Peter Finch in Network. Uh, Network, I watched a few years ago. Uh, one of those movies that instantly becomes one of your favorite movies of all time for me. Never so prophetic it. of uh, what's going on now, especially of the 24-hour news cycle. Um, Faye Dunaway is also an honorable mention. She was great. Thought Vivian Lee was just a little bit better, but Peter Finch, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Like one of the most iconic deliveries. Uh, he's so manic throughout the whole thing, but it's never one note. His anger just builds and ratchets and ratchets and ratchets up. Um, he's British. I also, I love, I love when British people have better American accents than Americans. It's so impressive. I love that. I factor that in too. Uh, Just absolutely magnetic. He won Best Actor. You can make the case that he was Supporting Actor, but since he did win, uh, one of my favorite characters of all all time, Howard Beale, uh, just phenomenal. He is uh, one of the best. But there's one just a little better. Network is a movie that I really need to see. It's one that I can't, I can't believe I haven't <laughs> I'll seen I'll watch it yet. with you, man. Especially, maybe we should do like a 3-2-3 watch party. We'll watch it all together. Oh, I would that love would be that. fun. We'll do a active commentary. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, number one, close us out. Luis, what do we have? And then number one, and how can you pick against this? Keith Ledger, the Joker in um the dark knight the dark knight has one of the best openings of any movie ever opening sequence and heath ledger is the best joker i've ever seen on screen on cartoons or whatever he is the most grounded in reality joker while still being eccentric while still being crazy evil the most evil joker i think we've ever seen i'm a man of my word or what have you um so yeah number one for me is heath ledger and joker given the award posthumously is that how you say um so yeah those are my choices 
another stellar impression by Louis. I think he needs to become an impressionist. <laughs> I, I need to meet this guy. He he's got good taste. That is an and you know what? There are so many movie top fives that we could do because him bringing up that it's the best opening scene ever like immediately made me start thinking of others. That's another top five we could do. Yeah. Travis, you need you or Livy, you need to host the three two threes like top five movie show. We can just do exclusive movie top fives because there's like a thousand. Love it, man. Because I would I can Morbius. immediately see that one. Yes, Morbius. <laughs> yes, Morbius. <laughs> Top five abominations. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we're at we're at number one. We're closing the list out. My number one here is a villain performance as well. One that uh, Luis already brought up for me. My the best Oscar winning performance of all time is Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. <laughs> One best supporting actor for that movie, what I think is the Coen Brothers' like masterpiece of a film, it was an incredibly chilling performance. Like he captured, like they, like Luis said, it's been shown in studies that he captured a sociopath perfectly on film, and that character just stuck with me. How terrifying he was throughout it, not even doing that much. Like he 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 was menacing. But it was just the looks that he would give, the, the, the inflection in his voice. An incredible performance by Bardem there. He's a great villain actor, too, because he, he was one of the best ones, I think, ever in a James Bond movie for Skyfall. Yeah. So that is my number one. Libby, what is your best Oscar-winning performance ever? I mm. uh, hope I say his last name correctly. Um, I put down Sydney um, Portier. Oh, Sydney Portier, yeah. Portier, yes. Portier, Portier, yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah, because I felt like, you know, he made history um, being the black, first black actor, to, or yeah, first black actor to like, ever win anything. Um, and so from there, I felt like it opened up more doors um, for more um, people of color. And yeah, I mean, I've watched like clips of like, other, uh, other performances he has done. And I've been always like, wow, like he's, I don't know, I, I just like, you know, his performances and everything he's done. I haven't watched like the full movies or whatever, but I just, yeah, again, like I kind of just went off of like, I don't know, I, yeah, people that I liked and that I'm happy they won. So, yeah. That's a great one. But I yeah. will, I, I will be yeah, happy so. anytime with Sydney Portier love. Man. He, he won. Sydney. He was the first black actor to win a uh, lead actor. I think he won it for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And uh, yeah. Lilies of the Field. Or Lilies of the Field. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think and, he's. I haven't. I actually haven't seen it. I think he helps nuns. Yeah. I'm ashamed yeah. that yeah. I have not yeah. seen it, but I need to see yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. He, he has like four that he could have won like for because in the heat of the night was fantastic like for anybody that anybody that really wants like good recommendations of a great great legend of an actor Sidney Portier in heat of the night to serve with love was my dad's like favorite movie all-time favorite movie and Beautiful. it's a fantastic one lilies in the lilies of the field raisin in the sun the defiant ones so many that you can go to with them so yeah i just feel like he always knocks every performance out of the park so absolutely an influence an icon good pick good solid oh you top it travis 
Top it, Travis. You can't do it. <laughs> Hard to top Sydney, man. But yeah, 19, I was just going to say 1967. God. Colin Farrell had a great year this year. What, Batman, After Yang, Banshees of Inisherin. Sydney puts out, because he was the only, him and Harry Belafonte, the only black actors that Hollywood would consider for leads. He puts out to Sir with Love in the Heat of the Night. Help me out, Reed. 1967 to Sir with Love in the Heat of the Night. Guess who's coming to dinner? Guess who's coming? All in Tom. one year, all three lead actor performances. The Academy felt since they'd already rewarded him, they didn't need to. He could have won for any of them, and that would have been great. My pick is. Uh, right behind, it's number two of my all-time performances ever. If Jimmy Stewart had won for It's a Wonderful Life, he would have been number one and leagues above everything. My number one best of, uh, best actor winner and best Oscar winner of all time, Jack Nicholson, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Damn good one. Yep. There is... You don't really need to go to Yale acting school. You don't need to go to Juilliard. You just need to watch Jack Nicholson in this. Uh, it is a masterclass. Every emotion possible. Uh, he's someone in an insane asylum who I believe just wanted to dodge the draft. I think that was his whole thing. Yep. So he's a man playing a man who has to play insane, who actually does kind of go insane, who leads this revolt in this insane asylum and then mm, the last 10 minutes are just i don't know it's where he really it's where he really got me it's one of the most haunting parts of his performance and i won't spoil it for anybody but uh yeah there's no i don't think any actor we mentioned him before as the joker i don't know if there's ever been any actor who has the same charisma as jack he's he's he is one of a kind he will never be repeated. And uh, yeah, long live Jack Nicholson. That's a good list. Look at this. We made it. We made it through one of the hardest top fives, and we'll and we'll do a we'll do a, we'll do a harder one, damn it, when we do top five nominated performances. But that we may read. We may have to do top five worst Oscar-winning performances. Ooh, that's a good one too. Oh my gosh, there's so many that we can get through. Oh. But that, that is a good way to cap out the show. Before we go, before we go, are there any, because <laughs> I, I don't even know, I can't even keep up with what's coming out this year, but are there any any predictions for next year's Oscars for 2024? Any way too early predictions? I know we have like two Wes Anderson movies coming out, so one of those should probably get nominated. Uh, Barbie from Greta Gerwig. There's some A24. Oh, there's an A24 Joaquin Phoenix horror movie coming out, so that could probably get nominated. They're doing a Color Purple musical, so I, I am excited for that. Yeah, I, I, oh, there's I, Wicked. There is Wicked. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's a good one. Ana Grande, yeah, because everyone's like, "Where is she at?" I'm like, "She's she's uh, rehearsing for Wicked." I think Dune Part Two will be out. There's an Alexander Payne yeah. movie, Killers of the Flower Moon is one I'm looking forward to. Is that finally coming out? That is coming out on Apple Plus sometime in the uh, spring-summer region from Martin Scorsese teaming up with uh, Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, 
and uh, America's sweetheart, Jesse Flemons. <laughs> Meth Damon. Meth Damon. Reed, I looked back <laughs> at my, my Oscar book that I do all my little picks in, my predictions. In 2019, I predicted that Killers of the Flower, Killers of the Flower Moon, <laughs> I predicted that it was going to get up for Best Picture because it was supposed to be out, and then it just kept getting shelved. I, I will, you know what? I'll believe it when I see it. If it comes out. Wait, what is it about? So it's Leonardo DiCaprio. And is he going to Japan? It is, Some Asian country? No, this one, it's in it's uh, Oklahoma. Like in the 20s. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> That's how long it's been. I've forgotten the plot. He's investigating a string of murders of Osage people after oil was discovered on tribal land. And this is like a partially true story. I know nothing here. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we have that. There's Kate, uh, not Kate, um, Oppenheimer from Christopher Nolan. That's what I think stands a chance. Competing against Barbie there. So we'll see. Jonathan Majors has uh, some movie where he's playing a bodybuilder that is supposed to be, that got like a lot of buzz. Yeah. Our, our, our savior Tom Cruise our film savior is coming back with Mission Impossible <laughs> so who knows what that'll do I think Joaquin Phoenix is playing Napoleon in a movie I'm just Ooh. going through things now even Coleman Domingo has a movie where he's playing Bernard Rustin who was a, a gay black social civil rights leader who helped uh, organize the March on Washington so that could be a great one if you don't know Coleman Domingo watch Euphoria people he is fantastic on there he's a fantastic actor i hope that this gets him the uh, national recognition that he deserves yes yes uh it should be a fun year it should just be a fun year and i'm excited man it's it's a lot of reasons to be excited and a lot of reasons to keep checking in with these two awesome people who yeah i think and uh year. next year i'll be back and i will hopefully no more <laughs> <laughs> and watch everything well, hopefully, everything. hopefully, well, hopefully, you'll be back before a year. Everything. Oh yeah. yeah. So we can get you get uh, this whole trio back on and get Luis Martinez on here, who was supposed to be on tonight. Yes. Again, he is out busy, so we'll do the shout-outs now. Luis Martinez, you can check him out two a.m. burrito.com. That's where all of his productions are. You can find several of his short films. You can find several links to films that are premiering where he's working this week. At the San Diego Latino Film Festival, it is an awesome time. You can check them out. Mi Gente Show with uh, Luis and Sofia and Big Chief Burrito Fireside Chats. That's a great <laughs> podcast. We thank him for contributing. Olivia, Kate, thank you so much for coming back. We love you. We love thank having you. Thank you for having me. And, of course, Mr. B, Travis Byram. Made it through another Oscar cycle, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for all the work that you always do during the year for this. Absolutely, man. All I make the Oscar telecast five hours. I just want Oscar season to be shorter. Can we get that? Can we get nominations in early January and the show in early February, please? Uh, it, yes. Yes. Let's do it all. Even, even maybe even work on the fix that we talked about in the last episode. And if you haven't yeah. heard it yet, if you if you missed our Oscar prediction show, still go listen to it because we did a fantastic segment on how to fix the show, possibly based on an article from The Ringer. And I think it's a really fun fix. I think it's something that people would be very interested in. So go check that out. Um, 
It's a loaded week of shows, so stay on our social medias at 323REID on Twitter, Instagram, all of those, patreon.com, especially if you want to give us money and keep making the show better. <laughs> but loaded show this week. We've got Travis and Libby now and Luis. Luis will be back, I think, sometime this week to talk either NBA or NFL. Sam Wolf is back. Scott and Zoo will be back to talk NFL free agency. It's a big week on the 323, so stick with us. In the meantime, for the show, I'm Reed Murphy. We will talk to you soon. Everybody stay safe. Get my name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude.